racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. The countdown well and truly on now to the Melbourne Cup series and it all begins at Sandown Park this Thursday night. The prelude to the Melbourne Cup begin. Uh, We've got a few of those, three to be precise, and the main man from Sandown Park is a permanent fixture on this podcast. You know who he is, racing Jason Adams. Good afternoon, Jace. How are you, brother? I'm well, thanks, Jim. And looking forward to Thursday night. I mean, it's just a snowball effect, isn't it? The first week of preludes, they're, they're quite deep. We've got some some big names a part of it. So couldn't be more excited. Of course, the winner of each locks away a, a spot in, in heats of the Melbourne Cup. So that's going to be great. If I sound like I'm talking into a shoebox because I mowed the front lawn earlier on. <laughs> And hay fever has absolutely grabbed me by that the scruff of the neck. I tell you what, Jace, I don't I don't think people who don't suffer hay fever have near enough empathy for those who do. Like my my better half, she's not a hay fever sufferer and she thinks I'm half putting it on when I get it because <laughs> I'm literally bed bound, can barely move. I, I think it I call it a, a shocking thing, hay fever. I'm not a big fan at all. Yeah, I mean it's not painful. I mean we can we can soak it up at times, us blokes, but um, it's clearly annoying. It's um, it's an absolute hurdle in, in whatever you're trying to do. Well, mate, I I think I've got every right to soak it up when I get hay fever because it hurts me. Let me tell you, but I am very very soft, Jace. Uh, just before we rip into run of the week with the preludes beginning, is there one greyhound right now that you've you've put the asterisks on as the dog to beat in this year's Melbourne Cup series? Oh. Look, I think the top end of town, the likes of where she's fast speak for themselves, but it's it's pretty wide open after that. Plaintiff has is, is got to be thereabouts. Mm. Went through that stretch of good form. Probably need to see it in the city consistently, but um, outside of him, I'd have to have a look at the market in front of me, Jim, to, to carve through it. But I think as time goes on, especially out of series like the Great Chase, we're going to see some youngsters really uh, stick their head up in the air. And it's that sort of race where you, you've got to be two and a half years of age, um, typically a, a male greyhound to, to win a cup. So I think it's still a fair bit to play out. We'll chat about that because I know Mickey Floyd, uh, who you work with at Sandown Park, had a big list of, of must, I guess, do's to win a Melbourne Cup. So we will break those down in the lead-up to the Melbourne Cup. And just before we move on, you made the journey across to Adelaide, Radelaide as they call it, Angle Park for the uh, the Adelaide Cup. A, the, uh, the result of the Adelaide Cup was extraordinary. B, what was the place like? Ah. Uh, couldn't be more impressed with Angle Park. I mean, the, the track itself looked really nice, and they've got this facility at the kennels where there's a lot of glass panels facing the public area, and through that you see the, the vet checks and uh, the wash bays are right there, and it's so modern, it's it's so good. So similar to the window you, you get at Sandown, but on a much bigger and, and better scale. So good experience, Jim, and you speak about the, the result of the cup final. Everyone, a couple of days leading up and on the night, wanted to tell me how bad outside draws were at, at Angle Park, and... <laughs> all of a sudden produces the, the cup winner at a massive price. I'll be honest, Jace. I'm in that good of form. I pretty much said the only dog that couldn't win this Adelaide Cup is Buzz Junkie. Like, he, he yeah, just... Most people have agreed. Mate, he could not have won that race. Like, you, and the way the race played out, like, he's not even normally that fast of a beginner. As it's turned out, the Reds rolled up the track, just about taking the run of every other dog, bar the uh, the compatriot, the local South Australian, and, and Buzz Junkie was left 10 in front down the back, which you think he wins by 10, and realistically, is getting the staggers. But uh, that they don't put on the paycheck when Peter Jovanovic will cash that in. No doubt about that. 
they do not. And who would have thought it'd be uh, it'd be one in a time of thirty and seventy? So, and Roush's fast run last. So crazy stuff. Proud of my boy Zippy Tesla. Massive fan of him, and, and he was huge being the runner up. Run of the week. Run of the week time. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Zippy Tesla too, mate. I, I think he's uh, he's a real superstar. If he gets luck early, he can win any race. A Phoenix, a Melbourne Carp, a, a Top Gun. If he gets in there, I think he could win just about any race he is in. Well, my run of the week from last week, a little bit outside of the square or outside of the box, I think they say, or even outside of the circle. It doesn't matter. Either way, this dog did not win last week. The name is Guelph. Had a terrific clash with a greyhound by the name of Baby JC. Now, what I liked about the run from Guelph was she went 5.03 to the first mark, wasn't enough to lead, but she kept on pushing only to, to probably be beaten off in the last 50 metres. Here's how she went about it. I think a, a genuine open-class sprinter moving forward, Guelph jumping from a, a wide draw last week. Let's win coin was slow, flying out Baby JC. Baby JC led from Guelph, who got a lovely run across. Behind them was Peacock. On its outside, Shimapunga. Deeper high, Tribrico. Well back to Zavian Bale. And then came Let's Win Coin, who's second last and honestly two last. Baby JC and Guelph go nose for nose. Stalking was Shimapunga. Bursting through high, Tribrico. Behind them was Peacock. But Baby JC kicked. And Baby JC race clear to win. Big win. Beats Guelph. I know, Jace, the raps on the winner, Baby JC, are enormous. And therefore... You'd have to say the the run of Guelph was pretty good at a, at a Sandown Park debut in the care of the Ennis camp as well, who can produce a smart one time to time. Exactly right. And, and probably safe to say that Guelph's run was in the exact same ballpark as, as Baby J. Mm. So who would have thought that she'd go 5 3 to the first split and not be able to lead the damn race? So just uh, gauging the, the reaction of Jamie Ennis afterwards, his thoughts are uh, she'd run exactly that first split and in the end it, it wasn't enough, but clearly optimistic of, of what she might be able to involve in too. I think she's got a huge future here, no doubt about that. Uh, are you a fan of Country Cup racing, Jason? Love Country Cup racing, of course. Well, mate, stay tuned this week because there is a bonus episode on the Bendigo Cup meeting, which is this Friday, so keep a close eye on that. And I'm just going to ask you the question now, mate. This is without notice. I'm not sure if you've seen much of the racing up at Bendigo, but is there one that you like in the Bendigo Cup? Aston Merritt won, two Quinlan Bale, three Typhoon Sammy, four Orson Mick, five Shimmachine, Panadero Warrior, six Salad Dodger, and he's no slouch. Reserves... Titan Blazer and Planter for the full episode that will be out tomorrow. But uh, right now, Jace, who do you like in the Bendigo Cup? Who wins it? Well, the, the class sits with Typhoon Sammy, but I thought a dollar eighty was a bit skinny. So mm. if I'm going against him, it's it's probably Aston Merritt drawn the red. He's got good acceleration and just that sort of dog, isn't he? That sort of fits the bill of, of country cups. I don't think he's got one under his belt yet, but I think it's a pretty good opportunity for him to, to do so Friday night. He's made a few. Look, I might be leaning to Quinlan Bale, but you'll have to listen to the bonus episode out tomorrow to find out exactly who. Thursday's preview. Thursday night preview time now. Jason Adams, Sandown Park, 12 races on the card. First, a bit later, 6.58. I'm not a fan of that, but uh, the good news is, mate, I'm not, Don't remind me. I'm not working at it, Jay, so I couldn't care less when they start and when they finish because I can sit at uh, at the couch here on the couch just uh, in front of the tally with the Watchdog app ablazing, live streaming straight onto my TV, mate, and I don't care if they finish at 3am because I'll be sitting there just relaxing. Race one, I am excited about the Red Cindy's Boy, this is a pretty serious conveyance for Tony Tufo. He started the Littermates in the Hillsville Vic Breeders Series. They showed plenty of class there and, look, just uh, took to Sandown first up last week and there's no reason why Cindy's Boy won't do the same again. 
None at all. Got the, the cherry draw, 5-10 early, 29-49 was superb on Sunday. And then Tony Tufo trained the mum, Smoke and Sydney, who had a, a great uh, connection with as well. So happy to see him. Uh, and Cindy produced one like this boy. I might be getting uh, Tony Tufo on this podcast as well, so stay tuned for that one. We'll get the inside info on Cindy's boy. What about race number two? I'm with Aston Ulysses, the old boy. I thought he was gutsy uh, at the Meadows, breaking 30 in defeat last time. It's an interesting type of race, but I feel he can just draw up behind the speed early, and he just doesn't know how to run a bad race. Yeah, I spoke to Paula Ballard just before his heat of the Adelaide Cup and he was clear in saying that Ulysses just needed another run under, under his belt. So that's the one that he got at the Meadows and he still is quite fresh. I went with Hennessy. I just thought it was pretty good last week and there's there's not a lot of pressure at all towards the, the inside part of this field. So um, I hope from the, the draw he can get clear and, and really showcase that speed that he's got. Race three, first of the seven 15-metre races and I'm with number four, Keen. Now I've been with this greyhound for a while thought three starts ago was extraordinarily unlucky not to have gone close to winning that race. Since then, uh, two back-to-back wins, and that uh, that win on Sunday, Jason, absolutely enormous from Keane. So I think he's cherry ripe for a 700. He's got the fitness in his legs again. Forming Queensland before coming to Melbourne was good over this distance range. So I think he'll run it, and I think he's one of my better bets of the night here, number four. Yeah, top run for, from where he was in the field early on. I went with Bedrock Fred, number three, in the the camp of David Gill now, and look, he's been a good stayer for a period of time, and I think uh, back at Sandown, we'll, we should be able to see what he's made of, so number three for me. Tell you what, I'm glad we've recorded this preview a little bit later than normal, because uh, race four, there's a huge scratching already, number seven, Aston Jonas withdrawn, and uh, I've only just noticed that now, Jace, because when I did the form earlier today, Aston Jonas was in, so I'm going to throw it to you, who wins race number four? Number four, Golden Quest for me. Look, at it. when she's in her prime, she just bounces straight to the front and probably runs here 41.80. So uh, if she's anywhere near that, she's going to be hard to beat in my eyes. Tell you what, it's a, it's a good little race. Only five dogs in it. A lot of speed in the race. Golden Quest, Osprey Storm can begin. Venus Light's a front runner. And then old overflow Lisa, who's just a marvel, she'll uh, she'll pull out wide and, and hit the line. To be honest, with uh, Aston Jonas out, he was my on top. I've got absolutely no idea. Put myself on the spot here, and I'm going to go with... Ooh, I'm going to go the swooping run of number eight. Just a small each way. Hopefully there's a, a bit of packing with all of those leaders trying to get to the front. Race five, here it is. Sportsbet Melbourne Cup, prelude number one, 822 Thursday night. I'm with Kasaya number four. He beat a good lineup at the Meadows last time. The only query I have, Jace, is I feel like Kasai's always raced better at uh, the Meadows than he has at Sandown. In saying that, he's gone 29-33 and 48 here, and he does bring speed. So I think the Blue's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, it has won 5 of 10 too, and I assume he's done a lot of his education at the track as well. I went with Deadly Class, and look, I think Kasai's going to lead the race, but you look at the, the map on paper, there's no speed from mm. 1, 2, 3, and 5. I just thought that Deadly Class would probably settle on the back of the Kasai, and if that's the case, I think you'll be able to run him down. Race number six, I thought Moldy Matt was big last week. I'm going to go Here Comes Pie to beat him again. Baby JC, those speed maps to almost get a soft lead again. If she's across and away in front, she'll take a power of beating. But I'm going to lean to the two each way. Yeah, she was dynamite last week, Baby JC. And I just kind of escaped the way that she got away. She went 2.06, I think it was, to the first 20-metre split. So that's humming. If she does it again, she'll lead. And at times she sent last week, absolutely has her in the, the pointy end of this. You say 2.06 in the first 20 metres, mate. How, how would that sit, I guess, I know you don't have all the data in front of you, but just off the top of your head, how would that sit since you've been doing that data? Is that nearly the fastest section you've ever seen since we've had that? 
that short split GPS? It is. And for those people going through it, we do see faster jump times over the 600-metre distance, but that's because they're on a camber coming downhill straight away, so you can't really compare them. So over 500 metres, I can't think of many who have have broken two seconds. The likes of Coe Blends would probably go, yeah, it's 205, somewhere around that. So Baby JC, sort of comparable to what Code Blends would have done late last year. It's a good gauge. Might be the all-in player for the Melbourne Cup with that type of form. Uh, race seven. I like uh, number three, Paddy Wants Pats, but I'm going to play number one, Francis Benali. I think a unit to win, four units of place for a five-unit outlay. Probably the way to play. I just think he's going to get a nice run through. Was caught wide last time out. Draws the cherry. If he happened to lob leaders back behind Paddy Wants Pats, he could probably run him down like McInerney did last week. Well, there's big raps on the ability of, of Francis Bernal. He's just got to get himself into a, a positive position in the race. So I thought Paddy wants Pats is going to be really hard to beat here. And what a battle between him and, and McInerney in that it? Melbourne Cup launch last week. It was just a great race. I just thought Paddy can fire to the front here. And um, I'm not sure there's one like McInerney that's able to run him down. Maybe Hector Forley, but uh, he's going to be contention early on. So Paddy wants Pats for me, and I'll, I'll mark him my best of the program. Did you think McInerney was as good as he was after the last week run, like before he went around last Thursday night? I didn't rate him. I know he'd won a million-dollar chase, but I didn't rate him as good as he was last week. Yeah, I agree, because I had the camera behind the boxes, Jim, and as soon as Paddy wants Pats was probably had four or five lengths out in front of yeah. us, put the camera straight to Kelly Bravo, <laughs> and all of a sudden, are you Dan Hibbard getting up and about? I think, oh, no, what's going on here? <laughs> So the run was enormous, absolutely enormous. And I felt the same way. Probably the best run of his career, even though he, he has won a, a million-dollar chase recently. You can see why he's won the million-dollar chase based on that run, though. Race number eight, here's an interesting runner, up to the 595, Dusty Burbsky. This middle-distance range could just be absolute perfection for this dog. I think, look, he loves to push up the track, so box six is going to play to his advantage. He can split quick over 500, so realistically he should lead. If he leads, he's going to be very hard to beat. I think Sohar Bale's one to keep an eye on, but I just don't know how he's going to get through the field. Yeah, I love what Zohar Bale is doing at the moment, but I agree, Dusty Birdsky, number six for me. And probably a, a perfect example, Jim, of, of stepping up in distance and not having to, to put up with that pressure that he gets week to week in, in really hot sprint races. So if he can find the top, he looks to be made for, for 600-metre racing, doesn't he? Race number nine, I agree, mate. Race nine, I'm with number two here, Flying Ocean. I think in a race that, that clearly lacks early speed, she's for reals one who could bob straight to the front here and run well, but I'm going to go with number two, just consistent form of late. Number three, Modi for mine. Love the decision to step him up. He's Looks to be a strong unit. If he can follow the pace, uh, keen to see what he can do in the last 100 metres. Race 10 on with number three, Do It, I thought was very unlucky last time out. But, uh, look, he's probably in the twilight of his career, but I think he can afford to be a little bit down on his best and, and still run well here. I keep getting drawn to keep it blue, number four. We, we got him probably five starts ago, mm. but can go to sort of 5.15, which I think in this sort of field can, can put him in the contest. So number four for me. Race 11, the red will lead. The three will miss the kick and go straight to the outside rail. And if you draw a speed map, Xavier Bailey's never going to get an easier run than he's going to get here. So this is my best bet of the night, number two. I think speed maps beautifully. Hit the line well last week after a checkered run early. Everything leans to number two. There's not a lot of speed in the race either, apart from the red. So I think he's clearly leaders back. It's like a, a harness race, this one, Jace. Just sit leaders back. Sprint lane and just go, go, go up the home straight. Good way to think of it. And look, as soon as I saw one grain in this race, I thought I'm not even going to look at the rest of the field. Number seven, Aldrich Bale, yeah. because I was big on him last week. 
I thought he'd lead. He bombed the start and still should have won the race. So typically when I, I like them, they get beat. I jump off and they win. Mm. So I'm not going to do it this time. Number seven, Aldrich Bale. He could get into a good place too. He's a concern for me. In race 12, I like number two, Ricky Bobby Ride. I think he's got the speed to lead this. It's not the strongest Metro race. And if he's in front, high rolling, he might take some catching. Yeah, I thought he might have sort of advanced a bit quicker than, than what he has so far in his career. But Every opportunity here from an inside draw and the last race of a, a city car, we know, is typically the uh, the lesser one of the meeting. So every opportunity for him. Punters Punting Club. The Punters Punting Club. Speaking of, I'm actually running the Punters Punting Club, the actual punting club at uh, the Punters Club, they call it. I'm, I'm getting myself confused now by the, the funny name of this segment uh, at the Bendigo Cup this uh, Friday night. So... Hopefully I can find some form Thursday, carry it to Friday, and then by Saturday's episode we can absolutely smash it at the Meadows. But I'm confident this week, Jace, very, very confident, let me tell you. I'm breaking it up into two different bets. I'm going to have race seven, number one, Francis Benali, just $5 a win, $15 a place. And then obviously my best bet, I can't not play Xavier Bale, race 11, number two, $15 each way. So... I don't know if that's a show of weakness that I've broken it down into two and then had realistically four separate bets with two each way bets, Jason. But am I am I going in the right direction, do you feel? Yeah, I think you, you always mind the, the hedge of bets a bit, Jim. So a bit of insurance there certainly mm. won't hurt. From my point of view, I was tempted to split it in half and half have on a deadly class, but I just thought Kasai was, was too big of a danger. So I've decided to pump a lot. On race seven, number three, Paddy wants Pats, Ooh, one of the more consistent operators in the business, and I think uh, he's a big hope to to win uh, his prelude on on Thursday night and advance the Melbourne Cup heats. Well, mate, exciting times. We'll touch base next week ahead of round two of the preludes. But uh, what are we? Only about a month and a half away, six weeks from the uh, the Melbourne Cup. It'll be here before we know it. Indeed, it will shoot out on the 12th and the Cup Heats on the 19th, Cup Final the 26th. And, of course, the bookends of those are the Top Gun and the Phoenix in the Meadows. So a big, big period for uh, Greyhound Racing in Victoria. Inside Info. Thursday night, Sandown Park meeting, and you don't have to go too far down the form guide to find uh, this trainer, Tony Tufo, with the hot favourite in race number one, Cindy's boy, and he's been good enough to jump on the number one Greyhound Racing podcast in the game. Tony, welcome aboard, mate. How are you travelling? Yeah, good, James. Uh, you must be no pretty worries. excited, mate, because you've got a, a couple of nice pups hitting the track at the moment. Uh, before we have a chat about this one Thursday night, they're by Barsha Bale, Smoke and Cindy. You race the mum, so it must be extra special to have the the progeny of a greyhound that you race coming through and showing plenty of potential. Yep. We always knew that she was going to throw something, mate. You know, she was a very fast bitch. She wasn't far behind us, though, Rico. You know, we were pre-training. Wasn't far behind him at all, really. Um, you had that fall in the big breeders, you know, second start there, and that just played with her mind, mate. Mm. It never was the same, but... Mate, if I, I could tell you some of the trials, you just wouldn't believe, you know. She just had a motor, but just unfortunately in a race, mate, she just, before she got to the first corner, she just remembered where she fell, and every time she'd always just pull up, ease up, and go around. And that's why I always had to put her around a stand down in the city every week, because she'd come from behind, and, you know, she'd give them too much of a start early, so... Well, mate, you must be proud now because she's got a couple of pups on the ground and, and they're looking very, very good. So there's no doubt she's going to make a nice broody. Before we chat about the racing side of things, how did you get involved to start off with in Greyhound Racing? 
you know, McLaren, we've poked the bear and all them. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Well, yep. I lived exactly deadly across the road from him. Really? Back in my, back in my day, yep. And uh, I used to get up in the morning, walk the dogs with him every morning, and that's how I got involved. I'll tell you what. I, had to go yeah. I, I think it was Jason Thompson who had a very similar story. He was living in Terrelgan, and I think it was his next-door neighbour had a dog, and he got involved in greyhound racing, so the old next door neighbour trick seems to be the way that uh, the most people get involved these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly how I got involved, mate. We used to go to old jocks, you know, try these troll track. Well, yeah, this is going back years ago, probably thirty years ago. And uh, yeah, no, every morning I used to get up in the morning, mate. Was, I just had the, yeah, I just had the feel for them. I just loved them, you know. And I had a game. I had a game myself when I uh, was eighteen, twenty. And uh, I was working at the time, and it just wasn't fair to the dog. They'd be just locked in the kennel all day. I couldn't empty them, you know. It was just So I said to myself, mate, when I pay my house off in factory, whatever, I said, I'm going to go out and do it myself. So that's what I did. Sold my business, sold my house in Willis Hill, and bought seven acres up at Labatouche here, and the way I go. Well, mate, it sounds to me like you're absolutely living the dream. So it was about <laughs> 30, 30 years ago you got the Greyhound Racing bargain. What was it, yeah. though, that, you know, sometimes I suppose neighbours, they do whatever, but a lot of the time you'll never show an interest in what your neighbours do, whether or not they ride horses or whatever. It doesn't mean I'm going to ride horses. But for you, what yeah. was it that, that drew you into the Greyhounds all those years ago? Yeah. Oh, but just because I started with Mick, you know, I was just walking every day. Just I just loved the animal. Yeah. And I always had my license every time, you know. Even though I didn't have any dogs, I'd keep renewing it, keep renewing it, keep renewing it, <laughs> you know, because I knew one day I was going to do it full time. Well, mate, it sounds to me you like your, your GRV's number one participant. Didn't train a dog for 30 years by the sounds of it, but you uh, you yeah. kept the uh, the trainer's license just there for a rainy day. The rainy day is now, uh, and it yeah. has been for the last few years. I've known you for a while, Tony. You've been involved again, yeah. mate. But uh, this this boy, race one, number one, he looks very, very special. You're racing in a race worth $19,000 in total prize money. He's only had four starts. A, do you pinch yourself at the prize money? And B, do you pinch yourself at the ability of this dog? Yeah, yeah, no. I knew he showed me from, like, I pre-trained him. You know, I broke him in. And I just, yeah, he just showed me from day one, mate. You know? So I took him to Warrigal out of the puppies, 14 seconds. And his brother as well, you know? He's, uh... Yeah, no, they just showed me from day one, mate. First first hit up at Hillsville, 1930. Um, just everywhere I went, you know, he just, yeah, he just ran time. I just, you know, 1890 down the back of Sandown. Mm. Off the block, like first, second go. It just showed me from day one, mate, you know. You were saying just before we hit the record button that Geelong, he raced at two starts ago, box one. He won by eight lengths, bolted in, looked like a champion. You were saying that he actually hadn't seen the track in a trial and yet he could go yeah. there and run that first up. That's extraordinary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No. Nah. Uh, Mario, Mario Bregani's told me, oh, no, what are you doing? This and that. I said, oh, mate, he's got box one. I just had to do it, mate. Let's, yeah, I put him in there. You know, yeah, you could see he went off the track a bit, a little bit. He didn't know where I was going. Especially the second boy, son of Cindy, he sort of got a bit lost and he came out of the box and he sort of got behind him and he sort of didn't know where he was going. But when he found the front, the other boy, mate, he just took off. I just knew he was going to run time. And last week, you go to Sandown Park on the Sunday, just a few days ago. Uh, first look at Sandown Park. Oh, the old mark used to be if you'd break 30, you're going okay. Yeah. Cindy's boy yeah. comes out 5'10", overcomes box number six. I've got a little bit of the audio here. 
uh, of the concluding yeah. stages of the race. But uh, did it surprise you at all the fact he could go 5-10 first go at Sandown Park and run 29-49 under race conditions? Well, he went 5. I just gave him a box to box the week before and he went 5-14, 18, 86 down the back. Wow. Yeah. So it didn't surprise you at all? <laughs> no, it didn't surprise me. It was just, <laughs> I just, yeah. I just knew we had to get out. The draw this yeah. week, are you happy with the red? I know a lot of people, they can they can be confident when their dogs are actually drawn out wide. But to me, this dog looks like he's going to handle the red even better than he did box number six. Yeah, it just worries me. Carly Felton said to me in the other race, she said, because uh, I had the four and she was in three. And she goes, oh, I'm going to give you plenty of room because I just dark left. You yeah. know, and, she, and so she's got box two and I'm just a bit worried about that. So you, your concern is that the early contact potentially from from C Oliver in the run of the first corner is that the the, the number one concern? No, I think I think well the first corner comes he'll be he should be well on his way, but it's just initial start I think. Well, here's yeah. the uh, the audio of him winning last week, uh, last Sunday, jumping from box number six. Cindy's boy and Shadow Ride going stride for stride. There's nothing between them. Cindy's boy now a half length in front of Shadow Ride. They're well clear to Chappie's big boy as Cindy's son or Cindy's boy has shaken off Shadow Ride and Cindy's boys come away to win. We wish you all the best, Tony. There's not much more we can chat about, mate, other than getting the job done at uh, Sandown on Thursday night. So good luck with Cindy's boy. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast as well, mate. You're part of the family now, so we'll hassle you every time yep. you're in at Sandown Park for the next few weeks. No, no problem, mate. <laughs> nah, Hopefully in... you can be there every week. And there we have it. That's another Green Light on Premier Racing podcast done and dusted. Don't forget the bonus Bendigo Cup episode out this week as well as the usuals. Thursday, obviously, we've just listened to. The Meadows Saturday night out a little bit later in the week. Well, until next time, punters, you know the drill by now. Safe travelling and plenty of happy punning over the next few days.